Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. It's time for Lombardi Memory, a show that takes you back in time, into January February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all of sports. This is the podcast that comes on Tuesdays, sporadically at least, and that looks back at each and every one of the 50-plus Super Bowls and tells the story of who won and why. For the fan who needs more than just a box score, this podcast goes drive-by-drive, play-by-play, for the most dramatic games in history. I'm your host, Tommy A. Phillips, and you can visit my website at TommyAPhillips.com where you can find all of my books. Today we have Super Bowl 43, which was held on February 1st, 2009, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida, between the seven-time AFC champion Pittsburgh Steelers and the first-time NFC champion, Arizona Cardinals. As always, we have a pop quiz and then homework at the end of the episode. The pop quiz question for today is, Jeff Reed made a really sore 18-yard field goal in this game. Which Super Bowl was the last one to feature a field goal that sort? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. The 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers were both one of the best and one of the luckiest teams in recent NFL history. How are they lucky? Well, for all three of their playoff games, a team who beat them in the regular season lost in the playoff game right before playing the Steelers. Indianapolis beat them 24-20 in the regular season, but they lost the wildcard game to San Diego and San Diego went to Pittsburgh. The Tennessee Titans beat Pittsburgh 31-14 in the regular season, but then they lost in the divisional round to Baltimore, sending the AFC Championship game to Pittsburgh instead of Nashville. Then the Philadelphia Eagles, who beat the Steelers 15-6, lost to the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Championship game. The Steelers lucked out in avoiding all three of them. But those three losses were all but one of their losses. Their only other loss came to the NFC number one seeded New York Giants. Aside from those four losses, the Steelers won 12 games, including a five-game winning streak late in the season. That included a dramatic 13-9 victory over Baltimore to put away the AFC North title. 
the Steelers then crushed the Chargers 35-24 to in a game that really wasn't that close before a three-match against the Ravens. The Steelers beat Baltimore for the third time, this time 23-14 to thanks to a Troy Palmau pick six. They were on to their seventh Super Bowl appearance. The Steelers were led by quarterback Ben Roethlisberger who threw for over 3,300 yards and 17 touchdowns. His numbers didn't look that impressive as he threw 15 interceptions, but that's ignoring everything he did behind center. He was almost impossible to sack, and he often by five or more seconds to wait for someone like receiver Heinz Ward to break wide open for a big game. Ward caught 81 passes for 1,043 yards and 7 touchdowns with his sidekick Santonio, Santonio Holmes catching 55 for 821 and 5 scores. The Steelers' only real weakness on offense was their offensive line, but running back Willie Parker still managed to rush for almost 800 yards. And their defense? Insane. Linebacker James Harrison was the Defensive Player of the Year with 16 sacks. Lamar Woodley joined him with 11 and a half sacks. Paul Mowell had seven interceptions during the regular season. So, while the Steelers were lucky in some ways, they were also up there in greatness with any Super Bowl team in the 2000s. On the other side of the ledger were the Arizona Cardinals. They only barely made the playoffs, winning the NFC West at 9-7 despite losing four of their last six games. They wouldn't have had a winning record at all if they hadn't blocked the punt in overtime against Dallas early in the season or if they hadn't won their season finale over Seattle. But the Cardinals caught fire at the right time. They beat Atlanta 30-24 in the first round destroyed number two seeded Carolina 33-13 and escaped the Eagles 32-25 to reach their first Super Bowl in franchise history. If you looked at Arizona's offensive numbers, you'd wonder why they only won nine regular season games. Because quarterback Kurt Warner threw for over 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Three Arizona receivers had over a 1,000 yards receiving. Larry Fitzgerald with over 1,412 touchdowns, Anquan Bolton with 11 touchdowns, and Steve Breston. But they couldn't run the ball. Edwin James led the team with just 514 yards. But that, their passing offense was on fire. Defense wasn't any good, though. They gave up 426 points, which was worse than all but four teams in the entire league. There wasn't much surprise that the Cardinals came into this game as six-and-a-half-point uh, six underdogs to the Steelers. Arizona became the first team in Super Bowl history to win the opening coin toss and defer their option to the second half. It was a new rule that allowed teams to do so starting in this 2008 season. 
The Steelers then marched right down the field on the opening drive, then found a wide-open word, Hinesworth, that is, for 38 yards on the second play. He then hit tight end Heath Miller for 21 yards down the middle of the field. Parker took it down to the one, but on third down, Ben got tackled just side of the goal line. It was already ruled, or it was originally ruled a touchdown, but the Cardinals challenged it and got it overturned. Ben was just, just a little sort, maybe six inches side. With fourth and goal from the one, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin played it safe and called for a kicker, Jeff Reed. He made an 18-yard field goal, and the Steelers led 3-0. The Cardinals got a first down on a pass from Warner to Breston, but then they got called for holding. It was an early sign of a flag field game called by Terry, referee Terry McCauley's crew. Warner then fumbled in exchange to James, which James did recover before a loss. The Cardinals were forced to punt, and Holmes took it back to his own 31. Ben started a drive with a 25-yard pass to Holmes. He then went for the long bomb, but defensive back Dominique rogers Cromarty broke up what should have been a touchdown pass. Ben then just went back to his good old classic sandbox play by buying a ton of time and avoiding a sack multiple times. He bought just enough time to find Miller for a first down. He'd go back to Miller on a middle screen for a first down, and then Parker ran for nine yards on the right side of the line. A short pass to Holmes pick up another first down, and then the Steelers got down to the one-yard line on a catch by Miller. Running back Gary Russell pounded in from there, and the Steelers went up 10-0. The Cardinals got a first down after a couple of passes to James. Warner then hit Breston for another first down. James took a swing pass for another new set of downs at the Steelers' 49. The Cardinals got called for holding again, though, but then they made up for it because Warner found Bolden on a long pass all the way down to the one. Warner then hit Ben Patrick, the tight end, for a one-yard touchdown, and the Cardinals pulled within three. The Steelers picked up one first down on a Parker run, but they had a second first down taken away by a holding penalty. They punted, and Arizona took it back to the Pittsburgh 42 after a good return by Breston. The cards went nowhere, though. Woodley, Lamar Woodley picked up a sack of Warner and forced an Arizona punt. But right at the two-minute warning, linebacker Carlos Dansby tipped a pass by Ben and caught it for an interception. Warner threw incomplete twice, but on third down, he dumped it off the running back, Tim Hightower, who got a first down at the 23. Fitzgerald finally got on the score sheet with his first catch for first down at the 12. Warner then threw the Bolden twice, and the Cardinals got down 2-2. Two to two. Timeout Arizona with 18 seconds left in the half. 
That's when Harrison, James Harrison, that is, pulled off the longest play in Super Bowl history at the time. Warner got tricked whenever Harrison started the blitz and then stayed back in coverage. Harrison caught Warner's pass at the goal line and proceeded to run down his own right sideline. None of the Cardinals managed to catch him except for Fitzgerald, who ran him down at the goal line, but just was a little too late. Harrison scored on a 100-yard interception return with no time left in the half. Steelers went to the half with a 17-7 lead. James started the Cardinals out in the second half with a 9-yard run on first on second down to pick up a first down. He then ran for another first down, and then he caught a swing pass to get past midfield. But then Warner got hit by linebacker James Ferrier, and Harrison recovered the fumble. This might have been uh, the play that would win James Harrison's Super Bowl MVP if it had not been overturned on a replay. Warner's arm was going forward, so it was ruled incomplete. Cardinals had to punt it away anyway. The Steelers then went on a long drive. The Cardinals were called for three personal fouls on the drive. The first came on a face mask penalty. Ben then threw the ward for a first down at midfield before the Cards got called for a very questionable roughing the passer call on the next play. Ben hit Holmes for 15 more yards, and Parker ran it down to the five. The Steelers got forced into trying a field goal, which Jeffrey made. But Cardinals defensive back Adrian Wilson ran right over holder Mitz Berger on the play and got called for a personal foul. The Steelers took the points off the board, only to put them right back on the board after three fruitless plays and a 21-yard kick by Reed to make it 20-7. Warner then hit Breston for a first down before the Cardinals got called for holding once again. They punted. The Cards then got called for defensive holding to give Pittsburgh a first down. At this point, it's getting ridiculous, all these penalties. Not to say there's any conspiracy, but the Cardinals were having far worse luck with the flags than the Seattle Seahawks did three years ago in a widely scrutinized Super Bowl versus the Steelers. Defensive tackle Darnell Dockett sacked Ben to force a punt. Warner then started the new drive by throwing the Breston for 12 yards and a wide-open Jeremy Urban for a first down at the Arizona 43. Next, he went underneath to running back J.J. Arrington to pick up 22 yards. Warner finished the drive with three passes to Fitzgerald in four plays. He, carried, he grabbed one for a first down, then another one to get down to the five, and finally caught a fade in the end zone for a touchdown. Kicker Neil Rackers made the extra point to pull the cards within six. The Steelers were then forced into another three and out and the Cardinals got the ball back at their own 25. 
Warner threw the Bolden for a first down, and for once, the Steelers were called for the flag. A personal foul gave Arizona 15-3 yards. Warner fired to Breston for 23 yards, but a holding penalty on Cardinals again, followed by three incompletions, forced the punt. On the punt return, James Harrison pushed, subbed, and punched an opposing player and should have been thrown out of the game. But in typical fashion from McCauley's crew, he was given a meaningless personal foul penalty that resulted in a one-yard loss for Pittsburgh since the ball was down at the two. Harrison's dirty play was largely ignored, aside from a protest by NBC color commentator John Madden. The Steelers were backed up at their own one. That's when things got bad for the Steelers' offense. Ben threw incomplete to Ward, and Parker barely got out of the end zone on second down. Ben thought he had a third down conversion on a pass to Holmes at the 21, but the Steelers got flagged for holding in their own end zone. Center Justin Hartwig was called for a safety since he committed the penalty in his own end zone. The Steelers' lead was cut to four points. It took Arizona just two plays to take advantage of their new possession after the free kick. Warner threw a second down pass over the middle to Fitzgerald, who caught it and sprinted 64 yards past the entire Pittsburgh defense for a touchdown. With just about three minutes to go, Arizona had its first lead of the game, 23-20. But you know what happened next. Ben led the Steelers down the field, completing two passes to Holmes to pick up the first first down. He then fired to receiver Nate Washington for another new set of outs. Two plays later, he hit Holmes again, and he ran all the way down to the five. Timeout Pittsburgh, 49 seconds left. When it came to what the Steelers' plan was, Ben didn't hide it. He was going to Holmes as much as possible. First, he missed Holmes in the left-back corner of the end zone. Then he went right back to Holmes on the same throw, only in the right-back corner of the end zone. This one, Holmes caught with both feet inbounds. The Steelers had the go-ahead touchdown with 35 seconds left. By the way, Holmes celebrated after the touchdown by copying LeBron James' classic chalk throw, using the football as a prop. According to NFL rules, that should have been ruled a 15-yard penalty. But McCauley's crew didn't call it, which should come as no surprise. Cardinals got the ball back after a kickoff ring turned 2-23. Warner then tried leading a miracle drive, throwing the Fitzgerald for a first down at the 44 and hitting Arrington to get across field midfield with 15 seconds to go. After the Cardinals' final timeout, defensive end Lamar Woodley hit him and forced the fumble, and defensive end Brett Kiesel recovered for Pittsburgh. The Steelers have won their sixth Super Bowl, 27-23. Santonio Holmes was named Super Bowl MVP for his 9-catch, 131-yard performance. There really wasn't much argument as to who deserved it for the Steelers 
unless you wanted to give it to McCauley. <laughs> but I have to give it second best to MVP for someone. It should be Ben for buying all that time during the game and leading his team on the game-winning drive. Notice I do not say James Harrison because James Harrison should have been thrown out of the game. And for that, he did not deserve MVP. Fitzgerald and Warner shared the MVP award for the losing team. Warner threw for 377 yards and three touchdowns and would have won this game had he not been fooled by Harrison at the goal line. Fitzgerald caught seven passes for 127 yards and two touchdowns and would have won this game too, if not for Ben's last-minute drive. Cardinals played great in this game. They just could not close the deal. The least valuable player? How about Edwin, Edwin James? He rushed for just 33 yards. While he did have four catches, they only went for 28 yards. That's just not enough from a star running back. Of course, it was always hard to run on the Steelers in those days, so he just doesn't deserve that much blame. The biggest play of this game, of course, was tied between either Harrison's 100-yard return and Holmes's game-winning catch in the end zone. By the way, one of the officials went to the locker room and cried tears of joy. Now, that was because he was happy that he got the call right on Holmes's catch. In any case, the Cardinals got flagged 11 times for 106 yards. But the one that hurt the most was a flag on the Steelers. Harrison clearly attacked the Cardinal on a punt, throwing a punch. For whatever reason, the officials decided not to throw him out of the game. Maybe it doesn't matter whether he got ejected, but this is just one of the most egregiously bad calls of the game. The best play you don't remember? How about Ben's run at the end of the first drive? If he picks up six more inches, this game never gets close. He would have had a touchdown, and the Steelers would at worst been tied 24-24 in the fourth quarter, and the Cardinals perhaps never even get back into the game. But he was correctly ruled short of the goal line, and Reed kicked an 18-yard field goal, the shortest one since Roy Jarella made one from the same distance in Super Bowl X. And that is the answer to today's pop quiz question. Finally, the best player you don't remember? Let's not forget Steve Breston. I totally forgot about his existence before watching this game. He got six passes for 71 yards in this game. Breslin was a star receiver out of Michigan, but he kind of got lost in the supple with Fitzgerald and Bolden as the top two receivers. He deserves more credit than he got. This week's homework is simply a celebration book. Six times super the official book of the Super Bowl 43 champion Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney wrote the foreword to it. If you look at Amazon, you'll see a price of almost $500, but you can actually get it for less than $10. Next week, we find out who's better, Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. 
It's Super Bowl 44, the onside kick Super Bowl. This one ought to be a whole lot of fun. Until next time, this is Tommy A. Phillips signing off. So long. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.